Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless you and empower you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I hope you enjoy. It's called the touch of Jesus. Amen. So I want to talk about tonight being touched by Jesus. What happens when you're touched by Jesus? And really quick, I just want to tell you what happened to me when I was touched by Jesus. I, I was actually, I had the biggest and, and, and most amazing encounter with Jesus, with God in my life in a conference. Okay? So I was in this conference. I remember the date. It was 2017. And I think it was August 2017 or July 2017. And I had an encounter with God in a conference in Orlando, Florida. Guys, focus here, please. Don't no distractions. Mainly the adults. You guys are distracting people, so don't 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 get lost right now. This is very important. So in a conference, 2017, I had an encounter with God. God touched me, and from that day on, I made a decision to serve Jesus. I made a decision to really walk with God. But before that, I was just a teenager. I was just a, a young guy living life and not knowing what I was doing. Really, I was completely lost. And when I found Jesus in this conference, God touched me and he spoke to me all the things that he wanted to do in my life. And that day was very personal for me because I can remember everything that happened on that night during this message. It was only one message. But I don't know anything else that happened before or after. So I don't remember any other message. I don't remember who was there. I just know, you know, my, you know, my friends, the people that I really know closely, I know that they were there. But I don't remember anybody else. I don't know who preached in the conference. But I remember this message and the vision that God gave to me. And I know that that day God touched me. Jesus touched me. So you have these moments in your life that you are touched by God, that Jesus touched you. But tonight, I want to talk about this moment that Jesus will touch you. But you may be thinking that you don't deserve to be touched by Jesus. You may be thinking that God is afraid of you, that God is despising you, that Jesus doesn't like you. So you think, oh, you know what? I don't, I don't think God wants to, to, to deal with me. I'm too messy. I know the things that I do and only I know is too gross, is disgust. So I don't think God wants to talk to me, wants to, wants to come into my life. Because look at me. So you think that God is afraid of you, that God just... He, he, he would despise you. He would, he would just ignore you because the things that you do. But tonight I want to show you in this passage that Jesus is not afraid of you. In the opposite. Jesus is not afraid of your sins. Jesus is not afraid of anything that you could do against him. Because Jesus is greater than anything that you could ever do. Amen. Jesus is better. Jesus is more powerful than all of your sins. You know, you might hate God, but I want to tell you a secret. He doesn't hate you. He loves you still. You know, you might think that you are too much of a sinner, but I want to tell you a secret. Jesus can, and he had already paid the price for all of your sins. So there's nothing that you can, could ever be afraid of that God could not do. God can do all things. So tonight, I want to talk about this moment in Matthew 8. And here's the first miracle that is shown in the book of Matthew. And it's Jesus, he's coming down from this mountain, and he healed a leper man. But before I talk about this, I want to pray for you. Amen. Can you just close your eyes, bow your heads right now. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I want to pray right now in Jesus' name that you may speak to us tonight, Jesus. Father, I believe that there is something that you desire to tell us tonight. I believe that there is something special for us here tonight. 
So I pray in Jesus' name right now for open hearts, for open minds, ready to receive God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you may speak through us, that you may speak through me right now. Just use us, Father. Just speak in every single heart here tonight, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen. So this moment, Jesus is coming down from this mountain. I'm going to read Matthew 8, uh, 1, 2, 3. But now I just want to tell you what happens. Jesus is coming down from this mountain, and he, has he had just preached for a multitude of people, and he had done all these things. And, he's, and, and the verse before this, the, the book before this, is actually the, 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 the moment that Jesus is doing the, the, the Sermon of the Mountain moment. And he's, he's probably the most important moment of Jesus' ministry, of his speeches and preachings, probably was the most important. And look what happens here, Matthew 8, 1 to 3. Let's read. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Amen, guys. So look, Jesus is coming down from this mountain. And he had just preached for a great crowd of people. And here's the first thing that I want you to notice. Jesus doesn't care for how many followers he has. Jesus doesn't care that his Instagram account, he has 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 followers. He will stop everything and look to the one that needs him. He will stop everything that he's doing. So I just told you he's coming down from probably the most important message that he ever preached. And now all the crowds are there. Everyone is there. And he stops everything to look at this guy who had nothing to give him. To look at this guy that no one could have, that people would despise him. People would, would never, would have even looked to him because they would get afraid or just, you know, fear him. Because they knew if they touched this man, they would also be unclean. They would be sick. So Jesus right now, he's coming down this mountain. He has just done this amazing thing. And he looks at this man who needs him. And he doesn't, he doesn't fear the man. He doesn't despise him. And maybe tonight you came here and you think, you know, Jesus is, is too good for me. You know, God is too amazing. God is such, you know, everybody loves God. Why would he even look at me? Why would God even stop one moment to speak to me or to listen to what I have to say? And I, I, I got to tell you this. God, Jesus, he's stopping every single moment to listen to you. Jesus is never afraid of you. He's not running away from you. And now if you read the verse again. Can you leave, can you put there the second one, uh, Matthew 8, 2, please? And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Just leave that verse up there, please. So look what this man is saying. He's saying, Lord, if you will. So he's not doubting that God can. Can you see that right now? If you will, you can make me clean. So pay attention, guys. This leper man, and that you can call him a sinner, you can call him, you know, a sick person, you can call him someone that you would despise if you look at him. This man is somebody that everyone would just look at him and, and call him names, call him unclean, call him, you know, a sinner. And now this man is saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He doesn't doubt that God can, but his doubt is just like, will God even stop to listen to me? 
will Jesus, will Jesus look at me, not like everyone else, but look at me and desire to at least know me, touch me, heal me? So he's not doubting that God can, but he's doubting if Jesus would be willing to do it. You know, he's doubting if Jesus would be willing to stretch out his hand and just, and just bless him. And maybe not, not even touching him, but just saying a word and he would be healed. So he's not doubting the power of God. And maybe tonight you are here and you believe in Jesus. You believe in God. And you don't doubt God's power. You don't think that God cannot do something. You believe that he can do all things. But you doubt if he's willing to do it for you. You doubt that God is willing to look at you and do something for your life and change you, change the situation around you. No, because you look at yourself and you think, why would even God bless me? Why would God listen to my prayers? Why would God want to talk to me? And I want to tell you tonight that Jesus is not willing only to, to say a word and be healed. That Jesus is not only willing to do a miracle in your life. But I want you to understand this, guys, and I'm going to show you in the end of this message what this really means. This man that no one had ever touched, this man that no one could get close to, look what he says in the next verse, verse 3. And Jesus is stretched out his hand. So let, pay attention to what, I'm, what I'm showing you tonight. Jesus is not saying a word. Jesus is not saying a word to, oh, be healed in Jesus' name. Or, or you, know, you know, I declare right now that your life will be changed. No, no, here's your miracle. No, Jesus is not saying a word. Jesus is touching the untouchable. Jesus is not saying just a word and be healed because you know that he could do that. Jesus, Jesus healed person from far away. Jesus didn't even need to be present in a place to heal somebody. He would just say a word and they would be healed. But at this moment... Jesus didn't choose to use words alone. Jesus didn't choose to only say something, but Jesus chose to stretch out his hand and touched him. So let me tell you something tonight, and I hope you understand this. Jesus doesn't want to say only a word to you. Jesus is not just saying, you know, your life will be okay. You know, you don't come in this service and Jesus is just saying, you know, everything will be fine. No, Jesus is saying, I will do to you what no one can ever do. I will say to you and I will get so close to you in a way that you never expected me to. You know, maybe you're, you're now hiding, you know, from God. You know, maybe you're afraid that somebody will, found, will find out about those things that you have been doing that no one knows. I want to tell you something. God not only knows the things that you have been doing, but he knows the things that you don't even know about yourself. You know, maybe look at yourself and you see so many mistakes. You see so many problems. And no one touched this man. No one touched this man. And now let me tell you a secret if you don't know this. It's not a secret. It's just something. It's a fact. In the law, no one could touch the, leper, the leprosy. No one could touch a man who had leprosy. No one could touch anyone who had leprosy or who was, who was a leper because that was against the law. So now you see Jesus touching this man. And you might say, but Jesus can never break the law because Jesus is God. He's perfect. And the opposite, he came to fulfill the law. And I want to tell you what happens when Jesus touched men. When Jesus touched this man, he wasn't touched the leper anymore. As soon as Jesus stretched out his hand to touch that man, that man already started to be healed. And now Jesus was no longer touched the leper, but he was touching a healed person, a healthy person. I want you to understand that Jesus is not only the healer, but he is healing itself. 
He is alive. He is a person. He comes, and when He comes close to you, He's not only going to find a way to heal you, but He is healing itself. Amen. So now that you have Jesus, you need to understand this, that Jesus, He doesn't want to just be your little friend, that you talk to Him once in a while. No, Jesus wants to, wants to know you deeper than anybody else. Jesus wants you to know that He's not afraid of your mistakes, of your sins, but in the opposite. He's willing to touch you. So right now I'm just showing you this man because I'm going to use this man at the end of my message. But maybe tonight you came here and you feel like this leper man. You look at yourself and you find so many mistakes and people around you call you names. And those names, they are not lies. They are true. You know, you have a problem, but Jesus is not calling you by your problems. In the opposite, when Jesus comes, he changes everything. He heals you. He brings a miracle. And now maybe you came here tonight and you, and you feel like you can't even hear God anymore. You know, when God is speaking, you don't even know that he's speaking. I want to tell you a secret. Jesus also touched the deaf man and he was healed. He could hear. Jesus touched the man who could not talk and now he can speak. So maybe you're afraid that you cannot pray. You can't speak to God anymore. You just don't know the words. You, 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 you look at yourself and you feel unworthy of speaking to God. I want to tell you a secret. God can heal you tonight. You know, maybe you came here tonight and you feel blind. And you're going to find out that God also touched the blind man. You know, you feel like you're going somewhere but nothing's working. Or you just don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. Or you just cannot see God anymore. You can't see God's goodness. You can't see God's love in your life. You can't see God's miracle anymore. Everything now is just blurry. You can't see anything. I want to tell you a secret. Jesus can touch you tonight and he can make you see. He can open your eyes and you'll be able to see. Or maybe you came here tonight. So look, I'm telling you about people that maybe they don't know Jesus. You know, these people were not the disciples of Jesus. Amen. So these people, they, they, they were not walking with Jesus every single moment, every single day. But now I'm going to talk about two men that were disciples of Jesus. The first one is Peter. So maybe you are a Peter tonight. Maybe you are walking towards Jesus in the waters and you are you're experiencing the supernatural. You know, God is moving your life group. God is moving your life. But sudden everything just stops and you don't see anything anymore. Or maybe you saw the wind coming, you see the, the storms, you, you see these problems in your life. You got laid off from your job during this pandemic. You know your, your family is not okay and you are afraid. But you know that you're Jesus' disciple. So now you, start, you, you begin to sink and you're sinking and you're just like, why am I sinking? Let me tell you a secret. Jesus will stretch out his hand and he'll catch you. He will touch you even when you're sinking. He will help you and he will bring you back even when you're sinking. So maybe you are Jesus' disciple tonight and you are just afraid. You fear something. You are afraid of, you know, I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know if this thing's over. Let me tell you something. You don't need to be afraid of being afraid. In the opposite. Can I tell you a secret? Fear fears you. Here's a secret for your life. Fear is afraid of you. So don't fear fear, but let him know that he should be afraid of you. But also, if you do fear, just know that God is there to, to stretch out his hand and help you. And I want to tell you about this last guy. I believe you know him. His name is Thomas. He was the disciple who did not believe that Jesus was alive. He was the disciple who did not believe that Jesus had resurrected. And now he was just saying, I don't believe this. 
How, can, how could he do it? I don't believe this ever happened. So now Jesus comes and he shows his hand and says, you want to touch me? You have doubt? So maybe you are here tonight and you have doubt. You don't even know if you believe in God anymore. You don't even know if you believe in Jesus anymore. And you have doubt. I want to tell you something. It is okay to have doubt. It is okay to have doubt. But I want to tell you something that is even better. When you have doubt, Jesus will show up and say, touch me right now. Touch me right now. See my hands? I am alive. I am here. I love you. I will change you. I will heal you. I will do everything. And you know what happens when Thomas touch him? All his doubts just vanished. I want to tell you a secret. If you are like Thomas right now and you have doubt, I want to tell you something. Jesus is saying to you tonight, touch me. I'm here tonight. I want to speak to you. I want to move in your life. I'm here tonight. Just touch me. Just believe in me. And this is the goodness of God. He'll never leave us. He's always here. He, will not, he never forsaken us. No, no. He'll come and help you even when you have doubt. But I want to ask you a question. Why did Jesus touch all these people? Why did Jesus touch that man, the leper man? Why did Jesus touch them? You know, I want to tell you something. Jesus is not like our doctors who, by touching us, they can help us get better. Jesus is not like our doctors that will ask us questions. Hey, how do you feel? How can I help you? You know, what are you feeling? I'm going to find something that can heal you. No, God is not like that. Jesus already knows what you need. Jesus already knows how you feel. And when he touches you, his touch is not like everybody else. His touch is different. Amen. I want you to know this. That the touch of God is not like everybody else's. When he touches you, your life is changed. But now why? Why did Jesus touch this man? Why did Jesus touch the leper man? You know, as I told you in the beginning, the leper man, he wondered. He wondered if God, if Jesus was willing to touch him. That man, he wondered, like, Jesus, if you will, I know. I know that you can make me clean. I know that you can heal me. So look, Jesus is not afraid of you. And Jesus desires to heal you. He desires to save you. He desires to change your life forever. And I want to read this with you tonight. I got this. It's, a, it's, a, it's part of a book from Max Lucado. It's called Just Like Jesus. And he writes his view on this story. And I'm going to read really fast with you. And I just, I just need you to really focus right now. To pay attention and to understand what was happening to this man that Jesus touched him. Amen. So I'm going to read right now. For five years, so this is the leper man, okay. For five years, no one touched me. No one. Not one person. Not my wife, not my child, not my friends. No one touched me. They saw me. They spoke to me. I sensed love in their voices. I saw concern in their eyes. But I didn't feel their touch. There was no touch. Not once. No one touched me. What is common to you I covet. Handshakes, warm embraces, a tap on the shoulders to get my attention, a kiss on the lips to steal a heart. Such moments were taken from my world. 
no one touched me. No one bumped into me what I would have given to be bumped into, to be caught in a crown from my shoulder to brush against another's. But for five years, it has not happened. How could it? I was not allowed on the streets. Even the rabbis kept their distance from me. I was not permitted in the synagogues, not even welcome in my own house. I was untouchable. I was a leper. And no one touched me until today. One year during harvest, my grip on the, on the scythe seemed weak. And the tips of my fingers numbed. First one finger, then another. Within a short time, I could, I could grip the two but scarcely feel it. By the end of the season, I felt nothing at all. The hand grasping, the handle might as well have belonged to someone else. The feeling was gone. I said nothing to my wife, but I know she suspected something. How could she not? I carry my hand against my body like a wounded bird. One afternoon, I plunged my hands into a basin of water, intending to wash my face. The water reddened. My fingers was, were bleeding, bleeding freely. I didn't even know I was wounded. How did I cut myself? On a knife? Did my hand slide across the sharp edge of metal? I must have, but I didn't feel anything. It's on your clothes, too, my wife said softly. She was behind me. Before looking at her, I looked down at the crimson spots on my robe. For the longest time, I stood over the basin, staring at my hand. Somehow I knew my life was beginning, was being forever altered. Shall I go with you to tell the priest? She asked. No, I sighed. I will go alone. I turned and looked into her, into her moist eyes. Standing next to her was our three-year-old daughter. Squatting, I gazed into her face and stroked her cheek, saying nothing. What could I say? I stood and looked against, again at my wife. She touched my shoulder, and with my good hand, I touched her purse. It would be our final touch. Five years have passed, and no one has touched me since, until today. The priest didn't touch me. He looked at me at my hand, now wrapped in a rag. He looked at my face, now shadowed with in sorrow. I've never faulted him for what he said. He was only doing what he was instructed. He covered his mouth and extended his hand, palm forward. You are unclean, he told me. With one pronouncement, I lost my family, my farm, my future, my friends. My wife met me at the city gates with a sack of clothing and bread and coins. She didn't speak. By now, friends had gathered. What I saw in their eyes was precursor to what I have seen in every eye since. Fearful pity. I stepped out. They stepped back. Their horror of my disease was greater than their concern for my heart. So they and everyone else I have seen since is stepped back. Oh, how I repose those who sought me. Five years of leprosy had left my hands gnarled. Tips of my fingers were missing. 
as were portions of an ear in my nose. And the sight of me, fathers grabbed, at the sight of me, fathers grabbed their children. Mothers covered their faces. Children pointed and stared. The rags on my body couldn't hide my sores. Nor could the wrap on my face hide the rage in my eyes. I didn't even try to hide it. Now, how many nights did I shake my crippled fist at the silent sky? What did I do to deserve this? But never a reply. Some think I sinned. Some think my parents sinned. I don't know. All I know is, I grew, is that I grew so tired of it all. Sleeping in the colony. Smelling the stench. I grew so tired of the damnable bell I was required to wear around my neck to warn people of my presence as if I needed. One glance and the announcements began, unclean, unclean, unclean. Several weeks ago, I dared to walk the road to my village. I had no intent of entering. Heaven knows I only wanted to look again upon my fields gaze again upon my home and see perchance the face of my wife I did not see her but I saw some children playing in the pasture I hid behind the tree and watched them scamper and run their faces were so joyful and their laughter so contagious that for a moment for just a moment I was no longer a leper I was a farmer I was a father I was a man Infused with their happiness, I stepped out from behind the trees. It straightened my back, breathed deeply. And they saw me. Before I could retreat, they saw me. And they screamed and they scattered. One lingered though behind the others. One paused and looked in my direction. I don't know. And I can't say for sure. But I think, I really think she was my daughter. And I don't know, I really can't say for sure, but I think she was looking for her father. That look is what made me take the step I took today. Of course, it was reckless. Of course, it was risky. But what did I have to lose? He calls himself God's son. Either he will hear my complaint and kill me or accept my demands and heal me. Those were my thoughts. I came to him as a defiant man, moved not by faith, but by a desperate anger. God had wronged this calamity on my body, and he would either fix it or end it. But then I saw him, and, then, and when I saw him, I was changed. You must remember, I, I, I am a farmer, not a poet, so I cannot find the words to describe what I saw. All I can say is that the Judean mornings are sometimes so fresh and, and the sunrise is so glorious that to look at, the, at them is to, forget the, is to forget the heat of the day before and the hurt of the times past. When I looked at his face, I saw a Judean morning. Before he spoke, I knew he cared. Somehow I knew he hated this disease as much as I, no more than I hated. My rage became trust and my anger became hope. From behind a rock, I watched him descend a hill, throngs of people following him. I waited until he was only 
paces from me. Then I stepped out and I yelled, Master. He stopped and looked in my direction as did dozens of others, dozens, dozens of others. I flood, a flood of fear swept across the crowd. Arms flew in front of their faces. Children ducked behind parents. Unclean, someone shouted. Again, I don't blame them. I was, huddled mass of, I was a huddled mass of death. But I scarcely heard them. I scarcely saw them. Their panic, I would seen a thousand times. His compassion, however, I would never be held. Everyone stepped back, except him. He stepped toward me, toward me. Five years ago, my wife stepped toward me. She was the last to do so. Now he did. I did not move. I just spoke. Lord, you can heal me if you will. Had he healed me with a word, I would have been thrilled. Had he cured me with a prayer, I would have rejoiced. But he wasn't satisfied with speaking to me. He drew near me. He touched me. Five years ago, my wife had touched me. No one had touched me since until today. I will. His words were as tender as he touched. Be healed. Energy flooded my body like water through a furrow field. And in, in an instant, in a moment, I felt warmth where there had been numbness. I felt strength where there had been atrophy. My back is strengthened and my head lifted. Where I had been, where I had been eye level with his belt, I now stood eye level with his face, his smiling face. He cupped his hand on my cheeks and drew me so near I could feel the warmth of his breath and see the wetness in his eyes. Don't tell anyone about this, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift, Mo gift Moses commanded for the people who are made well. This will show them what I have done. And so that is where I'm going. I will show myself to my priest and, I, and embrace him. I will show myself to my wife and I will embrace her. I will pick up my daughter and I will embrace her. And I will never forget the one who dared to touch me. He could have healed me with a word, but he wanted to do more than heal me. He wanted to honor me, to validate me, to christen me. Imagine that, now to finish, unworthy of the touch of a man, yet worthy of the touch of God. Amen. Did you guys pay attention? It was a long thing, I know. But here's what I want you to take home. Maybe you feel unworthy of the touch of man, but just know this. You're worthy of the touch of God. Amen. He has chosen you. He has called you. And if you came here tonight with a bunch of fears, if you came here tonight, look at yourself and just say, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve God. Look, he's too good for me. He's doing different. He's saying something completely different from what you're thinking. He's telling you tonight that he loves you and that he cares for you. Amen. Can you stand up right now? And as we stand, I want you to be aware of this, that Jesus wants you 
He desires you. He loves you. And he doesn't just want you as his friend or just to have you. But he wants to change your life. He wants to use you. He wants to give you purpose. He wants you to dream again. And I want to ask you this. Would you like to be touched by Jesus tonight? Would you like to know Jesus tonight? Because if you would, you just got to do one thing. You just got to ask him. You just got to say, Jesus, I am here tonight. And I want to be touched by you. Because I have to tell you something. You might doubt. You might not be sure if God is willing. But Jesus, in this message, he told you. He's telling you right now that he's always, always.